wouldn't. I was trying. <laughs> this morning on the podcast, we were going to be talking about writing romance in your non-romance genre. Book, novel, something like that. So stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie authors on their journey to publication. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Christina Katane, and I write Christian fantasy. And um, the lovely Rhonda Hagerman is our fourth host, and we're all praying for a speedy recovery and a return to us someday very soon. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us live. If you've never had the opportunity to tune into our live broadcast at 10 a.m. Eastern, you should do so because we have a very active chat community. Already, we're seeing hellos from our dear friends. Jess Gidden is with us today saying hello. Shell says hiya. Liz Henderson's wishing us a good morning. And Catherine Carroll is also saying good morning to, to you and to um, you ladies and to everyone out there. And our chat, I'm telling you, is a gold mine of information on pretty much every topic we discuss. So if you can get on when we're live and chat with them, you won't regret it. Um, we do appreciate those of you who can't join us live, who are listening to us on any platform where podcasts are made available. We appreciate your support. And we encourage you all to like and subscribe and share the Christian Indie Writers Podcast with people that you know who might benefit from watching the program. I like to say, if you like what we do, um, tell a friend. If you hate what we do, tell everyone you know how terrible we are. <laughs> all right. So we start every episode with What's Up, where we go around the virtual table and we ask the hosts and the people in our chat, what's up with you? So what's up with you, Jen? I don't feel good today. Oh. <laughs> That's what's up with me is I didn't sleep well last night because I don't feel well. But I'm here because it's a great day of the week and I just wanted to sprint so bad today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, lying is a sin. I know. Jen <laughs> <laughs> never wants to sprint. Why do you never want to sprint? I don't know. I think it's just early and I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Like I think I'm just I'm just being whiny generally in general. Today was fine. I didn't mind it today, but yeah, Maybe I'm not feeling just... well and I have way too much going on. So I have been trying to convince myself to um to not like be sick because I have too much going on this weekend but well I gotta... and you couldn't leave me hanging on a romance uh flavored episode right. so I super appreciate you muscling through Jen right but Liz says Jennifer your hair looks great <gasps> thank you <laughs> guess what because I was up so late so long I overslept and I didn't shower so I had to put it up but thank you Liz I really appreciate that. <laughs> My hair always looks a little better when it's dirty. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. Sh- I don't. I don't wash my hair every day. But today was the day you gotta wash it, and I did it. <laughs> so, but thanks, Liz. I appreciate that. Jess says I have an exciting what's up to share. Yesterday, I had a huge prayer answered, all in God's timing, y'all. Yay! Oh, amazing. That's awesome. So. All right. And what's um, up with you, Jamie? Well, 
I don't remember. It's like I had something I was going to say during my, oh, I know. Okay. So this morning, I don't know if everybody realizes this, but on my Facebook author page, which is J.R. Nichols, I will go on there about an hour or so before we podcast, depending on what time I finally like get around to getting my personal prep done for the show. And I'll listen to music and whatever it is uh, going on in my head, I will go and find it on YouTube and I will play it to try to calm the earworm that's happening. Um, and then typically it leads me down a rabbit hole of, well, what about this song? What about this song? And a lot of times I really like to sing along and I feel like everybody should know about these songs. And also um, like misery loves company. If you have an earworm, you want to like infect others with it. Mm -hmm. So I just want to share that I do that because today I shared all instrumental pieces, which is interesting because mm -hmm. they were instrumental pieces that made the top, the charts, because typically what I like is popular music and things that have charted. So I would encourage you to go and listen to those songs. And can either of you think of a song that is like no words, but was still a super popular song Kenny that G. you, there you go. Oh my goodness. Songbird. Yeah. I didn't even know the name. I just know it's Kenny uh -huh. P, but there's only one song I know of his, but yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the one, what it was called, but it was electric, the electric light orchestra. Okay. It was big. I don't remember the name of it though. Yeah. Of fire. Oh yeah. That's another yeah. one. Oh goodness. So that's, there's one that'll give me an earworm too. There you go. You're welcome. Yeah. And then you want to sing it and you're like singing the melody that some instrument is playing and uh -huh. you're just kind of like, like you don't even need the words. You're just going la la la. And it's like, a bizarre thing I feel yeah. to, to try to sing an instrumental. Mm -hmm. Well, I may, I wonder if that's how these acapella groups started with these people that are doing just that, like they're creating the music with their mouths. Mm. Oh yeah. That's crazy. So I tried if, beatboxing the other day. One so how'd great. that go? <laughs> Not so well. <laughs> was there an audience? Thank God, no. <laughs> I was thinking about something and about when I was a teenager because, you know, beatboxing was a big deal then. And I still, and then, so I was like do, trying to do the, j, 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 and I could not do it. I was just like, oh, I'm so glad there's no one here to witness this. But now I'm sharing that I did that. So did you ever hear the trick of just saying boots and cats over and over? And that's a way to like, no, let's hear it. Beatboxing. I was going to have you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm first sorry. I wanted to say that Jess wants you to feel better, Jen. Oh, thanks, Jess. And she's encouraging you to rest. Go ahead. Uh, Liz says, I usually write to piano guys music, instrumental versions of popular songs. Lyrics affect my, thought, my yes, thoughts. Yes, yeah. yes. And Catherine says, what's up? Cruising along with my work in progress and slowly plotting through AI, AI audio with Mike Master. Cool. Yeah, um, Piper was experimenting with doing AI audio too. I wonder how that's going. But I think mm -hmm. that she's got a huge family event coming up this weekend, not to blast her personal info without her permission, but um, I don't know if she'll be joining us today. Oh, Jess Glidden says, watermelon, watermelon, if you don't know right. the words to songs with lyrics, Jamie. Okay, yes. That's for and like mouth, that's for um, like lip syncing it. Like, you know, if you don't pay attention in choir class and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's your concert, yeah. Yes, or if you're around someone who does know the lyrics and you don't want to get in trouble with them. <laughs> if you're in church and the person behind you has a beautiful voice and you don't, <laughs> like you can pretend like it's you. 
There you go. Well, Don't what's up, uh, Tina? What's up with you? First of all, I have to tell Liz that I have a playlist that I sometimes listen to when I'm writing, and it's on um, Spotify, and it's a and it's fantasy themes set mm. to piano and violin. Mm. Ooh, so it's really cool. Um, I, this is my what's up. Have you guys heard about the revival that's broken out at Asbury? university i just heard about it last night but i don't know a lot about it so it started this is going on the third day and they haven't stopped and like they have um the musicians are like changing out every 45 minutes and so there's no lyrics on the screen because it's not like it's totally improvised um somebody that i know went there and i think you might know him too daryl blank yeah, he's he a went of mine. there and he was there for like five hours and he he had to go, but he didn't want to go. He felt like he was stuck to his seat. And so he walked towards the back and sat down again for a while. And then he got up to go and he like stood against the back wall for a while. And so finally he went outside, but still felt like he didn't want to leave. So he walked around the entire building and he said the wind was blowing pretty hard. Um, but no matter which side of the building he was on, north, south, east, or west, the wind was blowing toward the building. Wow. That's incredible. I yeah. can't tell you how badly I want. I read that this morning when I woke up. I wanted to just drop everything, tell you guys, like, sorry, and get in my car and drive to Kentucky. Well, I'm glad that both of you didn't phone a friend or phone it in today right. or whatever you want to say. That would have been an awkward you know, podcast God, for me. God can blow the wind this way. And for speaking of earworms, for like the last two weeks, that song In Jesus' Name by Katie Nicole has mm-hmm. just been running in a loop over and over again in my head. And when it comes to that verse that says, I pray for revival, restoration of faith. I pray that the dead will come alive in Jesus' name. I just keep picturing mm-hmm. my the faces of my three boys who had faith as when they were growing up and rejected it as adults. And like, I don't know. It just makes me want to cry. Like reading about that and just like, please God, just send the wind this way. Amen. (sighs) Yeah. Amen. That's my what's up. I have not talked to Daryl and I didn't see, he must've posted on Facebook. I did not see that. Um, But I was um, hanging out with, a mutual friend that he, my friend Linda, and he had spoken with either her or her husband that day. And he said that he on Sunday had preached on interruptions and how we have to allow interruptions in our life because we get so busy and God sometimes is trying to stop us because there's something else there that we're supposed to be doing. And then this broke out and God said to him, what did you just preach on? And he's like, because so if those of you don't know, Daryl Blank is the pastor of uh, Springdale Nazarene Church of the Nazarene. It's a very large church with different campuses in um, Ohio. And um, you can find him on, he has a Facebook page too, if you want to follow him, because he always shares really great stuff. And he's a good, solid person. Like he's a, he's not a mega church kind of pastor. He's like, he's yeah. a real solid uh a pastor anyway. Um, and so he canceled everything. Now that's a lot for someone who like runs a church like he does. His responsibilities. He does. He has yeah. Lots of responsibilities. He canceled everything and went. And so that's exciting that he had that kind of experience. Like, wow. 
Yeah. Really great. Yeah, you should try to find him and read his account of everything because there's mm-hmm. just not time for me to say everything he said happened, but it was incredible. And I was crying and I just honestly wanted to get up and get in my car. I would have run out of gas before I got to Kentucky <laughs> and I'm a little broke right now, so it wasn't mm-hmm. doable, but I wanted to so bad. That's exciting. And that's so cool. Well, and we live, um, thankfully, in a time when communication is flowing freely and you can still um, be updated. So, I mean, at least you have that. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, no more what's up in the chat. And so I guess it's time to move into the topic du jour. And um, so we're going to talk today about romance, sort of. Not really. Because a lot of times, I mean, how many times have you guys run into um, an author, especially like someone new to indie publishing or new to writing in general. And they're like, well, I mean, there is love in my story, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a romance. You guys hear that a lot. I tend to, I don't know. What do you think? Right. Or they want to market it as a romance and it's absolutely not a romance just because there's, you know, some romantic scenes in it. Right. Or how about you read a book where somebody is writing a fantasy or a mystery or something else and they put um, they put romance in it, but it's like not well done. It's like just feels awkward or like overdone or yeah. Or your friends try to make you write a romance and you turn <laughs> your main character into a killer. That yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, just us? Oh, okay. Oh, that's odd. Okay. Um, so what we're going to have just kind of like some tips and tricks for sort of like including love into your book so that you are not somebody about whom it is said, well, that just wasn't done well, correct? I mean, isn't that what we're trying to avoid is just that our work will be, we're trying for our work to be well received and we're trying to avoid doing the big faux pas, Okay. And so I think that the first tip that we came up with was to decide whether or not there will be a romance in your story before you even start drafting, right? I mean, that's provided that you're not a total pantser. Right. Well, whether you're a pantser or a plotter, even pantsers have an idea where they're heading, you know, or have kind of a a thought of who your characters are. You kind of from what I've received from, from you guys is that like pantsers like, like, like to know who their characters are and then start to discover the story and discover the characters more. And so, um, so my suggestion now, now understand your results may vary, but my suggestion is yes, you need to know before you begin writing because I've read books where you can just tell that like, maybe there wasn't enough story there. Maybe there wasn't enough like happening. So they just throw a romance in there and it just doesn't, always fit i watched movies like that before too where you're just like that was just not necessary right so and like every other choice you make about your novel i think it does if it doesn't move your story forward don't use it would you guys agree with that absolutely and that would go with anything that you do in your story agree agree yeah. um and so when i say like don't just like throw it in there so like if you are leaving your story in order to put the romance in there 
Like, don't do that. Like, so whatever the conflict of your novel is, it needs to continue throughout the story. So like, let's say like if in chapter five, your character is running from the mafia, you can't take chapter six out for the two characters to be sitting in a coffee shop, talking all night, looking longingly into each other's eyes. That, that would feel awkward. That's what we're talking about with awkwardness. It doesn't make sense to do that. So whatever, however, whatever your conflict is, that has to affect the romance and it has to like, uh, continue on throughout the whole story. You can't stop what you're writing just to put the romance in. Well, and I think that um, if you want to make the argument that it is possible to completely pants and then accidentally include a romance, then I would argue. And then there are people who are just like, who would make the argument, just go ahead and publish it. But then I would not do that. I would then go back into the work and be looking out for stuff like that, Jen, right? So if right. you if you stumble upon a romance as you're discovering your book, evaluate it to this criteria during your edit. There's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So like um, some people who are pantsers get frustrated and sort of abandon their project when it comes to the editing part because right. it feels like the part they didn't want to do with the plotting because it very much is um, the part of the craft where you start to take your lump of clay and decide once you know the shape that it is, you know, fix the flaws. I mean, because there is a standard, whether you like it or not, and you do not want for this kind of a scene to happen to where um, supposedly this person is like, your example is great, Jennifer. They're running from people who want to kill them. And then, all of a sudden, poof, there they are just taking a whole night in a public diner with the big lights and like, it just doesn't work. Right. So it, even if it, you're a total pantser, just remember that the, the standards exist for a reason. They're right. And I love arbitrary. And I love what you said too, because you know, my advice is to decide before you start writing, but if you are, are pantsing it, or even if not, and you discover a romance as you're writing, then if you feel if it fits this criteria, if you feel like it moves your story forward and that it fits without destroying the conflict in your book, then it's worth going back and and like Jamie said, and fixing the flaws and making it fit and making it more realistic, which brings us to our next point, which is it needs Can to be- I say something before? Yes, absolutely. We move on? Um I'm like a hybrid between a plotter and a pantser. So I have like point like plot points, but then I pants the scenes as I write them. And um, I'm really a learner in this episode because I have a scene coming up because I have an overarching romance in my three books that's going to come to a head um, in this book where my two, the two people that are having this romance are going to be reunited. And I have my main plot point for that scene is much romantic, mushy stuff. because they've like been apart for a couple of years and now they've come together again. And so like, I'm totally going to like take notes and uh, because I don't want to mess this up, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Like there's also this hybrid thing where, you know, you want to put romance in there, but then you're kind of like, Oh, but how? Right. Agreed. Oh, Jamie, you're muted. So how do you feel about what we've said so far, Tina? Um, And do you think uh, moving on to the next point will give you a little more clarity? Yeah, I definitely think the romance has been um, something that's moved my story forward because it was the motivation for my main character to be reunited. 
And so I feel like the reunion scene needs to be really powerful. Um, but I'm not a romance writer, so I need all the help I can get. <laughs> all right, Jen. So take it away. What's your What's your next tip for Miss Tina? Make it believable. So love at first sight is really a hard sell in a regular romance. It really is. But in a regular romance, <clears throat> like it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's a hard sell in a regular romance. It's going to be even harder if your book is a, a non romance book, because your non romance readers um, don't want the unbelievable stuff. Correct. So um, love because let's think about this. Love in real life is complicated, so it should also be that way in your story. In real life, people like resist attraction. Like, think about it. Like, I see a cute guy in high school and I think he's cute. I don't go up to him and say, Hey, I think you're really cute. No, there's the whole like telling your friends you think he's cute, and there's the like, does he like me or not? And then, like, there's that whole like dance that you go through. That in a romance, I have more time to work on that, but you don't have as much, right? So you, but you got to make it believable. You cannot just do the, um, they're thrown into a situation and all of a sudden they're in love. Like there has to be more interaction. There has to be more reasons for your readers to start seeing that there's an attraction without like just your, your character saying, oh, he's so cute. Like that doesn't work, especially when a non-romance. Well, and I would argue that a good way to make sure that it's believable would be to make sure you know your character and mm -hmm. you make sure that your readers know your character so that the way that they behave is believable when they are put into an environment where there's someone that they're attracted to, if they, um, when they are forced to speak to somebody that they're attracted to, um, how it's going to be okay. different depending on who your character is. And you do not want all of your characters to be cookie cutters of one another. I mean, that's death to your book. So if you don't think that you know, um, that's a fun writing sprint activity. Throw mm -hmm. your character into the same room as their crush and how do they behave? And then to really change things up, change it to your uh, antagonist, throw them into a room with somebody that they have a crush on and notice how differently they behave because yeah. they're different, unique individuals and we're all going to behave differently. And the more you know about your character and the more you can write that authentically, the better the scene will be. Right. And to your point, Tina, your book is over three books, right? So Angelica from book one is going to react differently to Petra than Angelica in book three because she's a yeah. different person. That's she true. Has grown, she's had different life experiences, you know, so like you need to also make sure that that is reflected as well. So I think that Jamie's point is, is a good point. Like to yeah. do the practice, like writing sprints like that to really get to know how she's going to react and have lots of different scenarios in your head, you know, and, and put her in lots of different situations that would, that would help you. So, well, and that's um, very conveniently leads <laughs> to our next tip which is to give your characters a backstory together. And Tina, all that hard work has been done for you right. because, yes. <laughs> because you have two volumes of a backstory. Yeah. And I already wrote like they were childhood best friends together. And so like this romance has built organically over time. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. And Tina just gave us the info dump version of two whole books worth. So do not do that. Do not take a paragraph to say they were childhood best friends and grew up together. And now they're 
you're in love, like that's not gonna, anyway, go listen to our info dump episode uh, to cover more of that. But Jen, how would you advise to work in this backstory um, without doing the dreaded info dump? Right. Now, now can you take two characters that just meet in a non-romance book and, and have a romance? You can. So this is just a piece of advice. I think it's a lot harder to do that. But because this is just only a subplot, when I write a romance, I have the whole book to build the tension and to to put in uh, events for them to like start to like have emotions and people the readers to see these things and their actions it's a subplot you can't take up that much um real estate in your book for that for that so um but when you create love between two strangers it's limited to how far that romance can go too so so i say my advice is create a backstory like they already have some sort of relationship or back history somehow because that will go a long way in making it more believable and it will help you out a lot more for creating that romance if you have to create love between two strangers that just limits how far that love will go two strangers should not be married by the end of your novel if it's not a romance it just i mean like unless it's some sort of epic long you know where you're covering a whole long period of time but they it just shouldn't happen it can happen in a romance it happens all the time in a romance, but in a non-romance book, it will feel more unbelievable to your reader. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, no, you're fine. So then my final point to get to, so so here are basically, let's recap, um, make it, try to decide first before you even go into it, this is what you want to do. Make it believable because you want, and keep your conflict flowing through the whole story as you're doing this and then above all else less is more like it it, it, you're not trying to compete with the romance authors and you're not trying to have that kind of romance remember that too like this is not going to be an epic romance in general if your book is not a romance this is going to be a romantic subplot so less is more rather than the characters declaring their love for each other or even acknowledging to themselves that they're in love just have the characters sacrifice for one another or for the other, or protect the other, or they can do something physical that is real for that person that shows your reader that there is a romance here. Because remember, we have to trust our readers. You don't have to lay it out and tell them everything. Let them just see that, oh my gosh, they're in love without them, the two characters ever acknowledging that they have any sort of emotions. That'll go a long way for a romantic subplot. Um, you're, and like your characters don't even have to kiss. For there ever to be some sort of like really romantic like event between or for them for your readers to be able to see a relationship budding there. They they can kiss, but they don't even have to. So for me, when in doubt though, just leave it out. If it doesn't move your story forward, if you can't make it um believable without overtaking your story, then maybe you shouldn't have a romantic subplot. I know in my uh trilogy, I have this one kiss. And then every now and then, like maybe once, maybe twice, not not either one, one or the other in the next books, we'll think about that kiss. Mm-hmm. Just like a couple of sentences, mm-hmm. just to bring it back to the reader's mind and to show right. that, you know, they're missing each other. But there's all this stuff happening at the same time. So right. that's kind of how I've handled it. Well, and a couple of things I would like to address. Um, Liz says she might have married off some characters by the end of her book. That's okay. Again, we're um, we're giving sort of general advice. And if you wanted to, 
like say, why are we giving this advice? I'm sure that each of us could say why this even came up in our outlining process. But um, suffice to say, we ran into at least one instance of it being done badly. And we thought this would have fixed it if we could have given that person this advice. So if it doesn't apply to you, that's completely fine. Also, I just want to say, if you're listening to us and you're totally a pantser and you're just kind of like, oh, but then, oh, but then I would say to you, just go ahead and write your stinking story. Get it written. Get it down. Because I firmly believe that the real crafting is done for a pantser in the editing process. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you need to worry. I didn't do this or I did it wrong or whatever, because you are just basically, I want to say like vomiting out, like you're getting the material there that can be shaped into the story that you will then share with others. And so you don't need to hit all of these things right now. You can worry about these things later and just kind of have them in a mental poster on the wall, is it conforming in this way, in this way? And at the end of the day, you need to be happy with the product that you put out to the world. We're just giving you some advice and some things that were jarring to us when we encountered them in the wild. And we just want to prevent you from having a bad reader experience, if we can. Agreed. Yeah. All righty. Oh, man. Jess Glidden is quoting song lyrics. You all are getting so many songs stuck in my head. The reunited word over and over was a peaches and herb thing. And now uh, Lita Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. So um, I think that's pretty much it about including romance in your non-romance book. Right, Jen? Agreed. All right. If everybody's finished with that, we will move on to my favorite part of Fridays, which is the feeding of the bags. Why do you call it that? Well, because everybody would go around the table and get feedback at our writing group. And then since it was called feedback, I would say, is your back well fed so that we can move on to the next person without leaving this person feeling like, but I needed more feedback. So we're going to give each other positive only feedback about these pieces because they were created impromptu just before we went live. And we would like to encourage you to sprint along with us. And this week, what was our prompt, Jen? The prompt was, he swore he just saw his sushi move. And if there's ever any proof that we do not coordinate our sprint prompts to match with with our theme, this is it. This was a random sentence generated by a website or something. And so, Jen, what what did you write today? Well, first of all, I want to say that as soon as we were done writing, Tina threw down a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Tina said, well, boy, that sure wasn't fitting for romance. Oh, yeah? Well. No, but I, no, I said I was. Oh, I thought you said it. Oh, being sarcastic, though. No. You being, oh, really? Because I wrote romance. For the <gasps> I misunderstood you. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, well, I guess no, it is. I, I can understand why you would think that because I do have like a sarcastic kind of thing. Oh, yeah. My personality. No. <laughs> um, but no, I meant it. Like it was perfect for romance. And that's that's what I used it for. Maybe for a Tina flavored romance. Well, now I'm really excited. Jen, did you write romance also? I did. Well, <gasps> yes. But so I wrote back in our world with Marnie, and so it doesn't really go a whole long ways, but you guys already know these characters, so you can 
feel the flavor, I guess. Yeah. So. And of your character, she would be the one to most likely encounter sushi. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. All right. So what do you All got right. for us? Here we go. Marnie looked down on her plate and tried not to grimace. Um, what's this? What's the matter, dear? Mr. Boss's Model S companion purred. Haven't you ever seen sushi? Marnie had seen sushi before, mostly in the refrigerator case at the Kroger near her house back home. Mm. But that sushi looked like cute little rice cake rolls drizzled with orange and white dressing of some sort. And even as non-threatening as that sushi had looked, she had never convinced herself that it was something she needed to try. This sushi, however, looked far less appetizing. The raw fish lay in large chunks across beds of rice, like tongues of nastiness that had yet to go into the air fryer. Her empty stomach, which only minutes ago was groaning to be filled, lurched in an attempt to empty what little bile she had there. Marnie lifted her eyes from the monstrosity laid out before them, but only in time to see her date stuff one of the unlikely appetizers into his slovenly mouth and begin chewing with his mouth open. Not your cup of tea? Mr. Boss's low voice brought her attention away from the foul scene happening across from her. She looked at him, expecting his usual smirk, but he wasn't mocking her. He looked, dare she believe, sympathetic? No, she said softly. That's putting it lightly. Not mine either, he admitted. I swear I just saw one of mine move. Marnie giggled, and she realized the humor had helped her calm her stomach. She gave her boss a genuine smile. Do they have anything else? He gave her a wink and a large grin, then called to the waiter. Do you have any wings? Three, two, one. Yay! That was it. So it wasn't really romancy, romancy, but... I love uh, model-esque companion. Yes, yes. I knew this person right away. And I also felt the relatable stomach lurching. Like, it's almost as if it was based on, like real feelings that you might be feeling <laughs> right well i don't dislike so i i'm not i shouldn't say dislike i don't have an aversion to sushi like it doesn't like make me like ooh, that's so gross it's raw that doesn't bother me um it's the seaweed that mm. they put i can't i can't take the seaweed and so i don't like sushi mostly because of yeah, that but but like i tr- i did try to channel someone who because it does kind of look like tongues laying there like it's, <laughs> it's the it, whatever so very nice yeah Okay, so we have maybe people chewing with their mouth open is in her cup of tea. I know, right? Go yeah, gross. Right? Yeah. Good yeah. job with him, too. And uh, so fun, Jen. I love sushi, but that almost made me dislike it. Yeah, because if you like that's really good work. If you can um, really show other people why someone would hold a different opinion than them, then oh, yeah. you really accomplish something, I think, as a writer. So very good job because, you. you know, it's kind of helping people to be empathetic. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, yes. So I really like that piece, too, because the whole the whole like Marnie character is kind of like Mary Tyler Moore-ish to me to where I think uh, other people would love her, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's very much like, well, now I'm in the big city, but I'm really just this small town girl or whatever. Right. And I think that people would really like her if she got out there into the world. So very yeah. nice. Thank you. Great, great inclusion of Kroger. Yes. <laughs> we, have, we have a, refri- we have a sushi refrigerated thing in our Kroger. So no, exactly what you were talking about. I could see it, you know, mm-hmm. for those yeah. who aren't in the Midwest, Kroger's a grocery store. Mm-hmm. No, it's a chain, a big chain of them. 
Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. So uh, good old Jamie, the only one to not write a romance off of the prompt. He swore he just saw his sushi move. Like, I don't understand why I didn't think romance immediately, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just screams romance. <laughs> All right. So I'll read mine. <clears throat> he swore he just saw his sushi move. He said as much to Bixley, who responded with a smug smile and reassurance that it was simply the first sign of the medicine working. He hated Bixley. And not just with the hatred born of resentment and jealousy. Everyone knew he'd been chosen to go with the first crew because of his connections at the top anyway. He hated Bixley because Bixley was a smug, arrogant, condescending. A whistle split the air and dislodged the thought. McGuinn jumped. Bixley quirked a brow. You didn't hear that? It was a statement, not a question. But Bixley shook his head in response. Auditory hallucinations is a sign that we need to get you to your birth ASAP. He rose and McGuinn followed him down a long passage to the room he'd been shown earlier. Once this door closes, Bixley said, you won't be able to come out. Not until the end of the journey. You sure you're ready? Normally, this question would have elicited a snarky response from McGuinn, such as, how would I know? You're the expert, remember? But McGuinn was so absorbed by the feeling of calm and sanctuary these familiar surroundings infused into him. There was the picture of his mother brought from home. There was the squishy white duvet and welcoming pillow beckoning to him. There was the snake plant and the whirring fan and the sound of the ocean from the white noise machine. I am more than ready, McGuinn said, realizing his surrender was what Bixley needed, a technicality that had been discussed before boarding and forgotten until now. McGuinn was suddenly relieved at having avoided the embarrassment of mouthing off, the embarrassment mouthing off would have cost him. And the flood of good feelings only enhanced his desire to collapse onto the marshmallow cloud that was his waiting bed. Bixley gave a curt nod and was gone. 15 minutes later, so was McGuinn. Like gone, like dead? Dun, dun, dun. I guess you'll have to read chapter like, two to find out. Go? Is there going to be a chapter two? I don't, I mean, like in my imagination, Jamie. there's a whole novel, but like Good. put it on the list, okay? No, 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 this is next. This one is next on the list. Oh my God. have to Jamie. write the next part next week, at this point, <laughs> no matter what the prompt is. Oh my goodness. So good. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like, just all of the internal stuff with this guy and, like, without telling us where he is or what's going on. Like, because we don't know everything. But I already have a, like, I don't know how you do this. I don't know what's going on or where he is, but I already have a vision of all. I can I can see all of this stuff as you're I have, like, it. a vision of it inside of a spaceship and they're putting him in a pod and he's, they're, like, mm. sending him off into space. And he has to be in, like... um what do you call it? Something Suspended animation. animation. Yeah. Suspended animation and all mm -hmm. that. So like I have this whole mm -hmm. scenario already in my head that may have nothing to do with what you wrote. <laughs> but that's what I'm like vision envisioning. And see, I was thinking more like it's in like some like either underground or kind of far away, like um, type of like bunker kind of thing where they're doing science experiments, like very science, like very sci-fi-y, but I didn't think about space. It could be space. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, very good, Jamie. Like, I, you seriously got to move this up the, the notch and write more about. Yeah, this. you definitely piqued our interest. Wow, that's exciting. Thanks. Liz says, or maybe he drifted off to sleep. He did call a bed in marshmallow cloud. Yeah, 
but see, I know Jamie too well. Like that's like the, you know, you hope that's what it is, but she may have just killed him off. We don't know. That's why we need a chapter two. That's right. Oh, says, Jamie, always so many great details. Agreed. Thanks, Absolutely agree. Thanks. I love Friday. Friday's my favorite. <laughs> All right, Miss Christina Catane. Let's hear what uh, Tina's take on this prompt is. So I love it. It's so different. If you want a, like a, another earworm, you could be like humming bad romance at the back of your, <laughs> in the background. <laughs> <while I'm reading. laughs> awesome. Okay, here we go. Sherry couldn't believe this was happening to her. Her hands were clammy and her heart fluttered. She took the fourth drink of her water in as many minutes. Her glass was almost empty and she hoped the waitress would be prompt with a refill. She did her best to appear calm, cool, and in control. What did that even look like, anyway? She tried to look at anything but him, afraid that he would see her gazing at him adoringly and be disturbed by the intensity. Are you okay? Is this restaurant not what you wanted to eat? Sherry twisted her napkin in her lap. Oh no, it's all really wonderful. First date jitters, I suppose. She smiled, trying to appear nonchalant, hoping she didn't look ridiculous. I know what you mean. My stomach is a bit fluttery. I hope the waitress comes with refills for our water soon. Sherry tried to stop her mouth from dropping open. Was Todd Bartholomew really nervous about going on a date with her? He was practically an Adonis. She was sure he could date anyone he wanted to. A nervous giggle escaped her lips and she covered them with her hand. She looked up at him then, her stomach flipping when she saw him gazing at her adoringly. Aww. What was happening? Was this all a dream? If it was, she hoped she never woke. So, tell me about this book you're writing. He took another drink of his water, patting his napkin against his lips. Were his hands shaking? Well, it starts an imaginary world called... Soon Sherry found herself deep into an explanation of the world she created, all the characters that she loved, and the horrible circumstances she planned to put them through. <clears throat> Caught up in the excitement, she forgot how nervous she was until the waitress came with their food. As she walked away, Todd smiled at her, his dimples making her chest tighten. Wow, you are really passionate about all that. That's great. Sherry didn't know what to do with the compliment. She felt the heat in her cheeks. She snuck another look at his face, his perfect Roman nose, full lips, piercing blue eyes. Green skin? Uh-oh, what was happening? He was oh. staring at his plate. Then he put his hand over his mouth. I think my sushi just moved. Then he jumped from his seat and rushed toward the restrooms. Oh, oh poor guy. The end. Aww. Oh, that was very sweet. Yeah, it was. I really like So I feel like it was almost like a high school romance. Yeah, I was thinking like high school, like he's the dreamboat of high school. and mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fun. I really enjoy that. And see, I think that was a good example of like, you know, romance, like, that could totally fall into like, yeah, it wasn't overdone is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. I, I thought you it. were taking a sci-fi turn with the green skin. Like <laughs> Me suddenly too. he was revealing that he was a reptilian or something. <laughs> I absolutely thought this. <laughs> <same. Sorry. laughs> no, it was not disappointment. <laughs> that's hilarious. I liked it. It was good because that's how you revealed that he was absolutely nauseated. I think that was a really good detail. Right. It got my attention. Mm-hmm, you know for what I'm sure. Saying? So like, well done. 
So very well done. Mm -hmm. Thanks guys. Yeah. All right. So we hope that you will take 15 minutes out of your day to write to this prompt and that you will share them with the group um, over in our Facebook group, the listeners of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. We have a very supportive community willing to give you positive-only feedback if you post your sprint. And um, why not exercise your writing muscle at least once a week by doing this writing prompt? You will get better at writing by doing it over and over and over. Even if you don't share the sprint with anybody because you're feeling too vulnerable or whatever your reasons, the act of writing will make you a better writer. So we want to encourage you to do the writing sprint. Okay. All right. So um, I guess we will move on to our final segment of the show, which is the what's next, where we just like we found out what's up, we're going to find out what's next for everybody. So, Jen, what's next for you? I have been editing. Ooh, yay. So, Good I you. know, right? I mean, like you're happy, right? Like, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not to the level that I used to be uh, as far as my uh, my career, but like I'm doing it and I'm mm-hmm. getting I'm fitting it in and I'm doing it and I'm not hating it. And I do love these characters. I do love this book. Um, so I'm, I'm, I am slowly making my way through the book. So I'm going to continue that process of just like opening it up every day and trying to get a little bit of editing done and see where it takes me. So that's my what's next. I just feel compelled to share with you that just like Angelica is not the same person, you are not the same person. I'm not. And so to say, I'm not at the level that I was. I hope that you recognize that as growth and not necessarily, uh, you know, hang a bunch of negativity onto that because you are becoming the author you will be every day. So um, I just want to super encourage you, Jen. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Liz has her what's next. Let's check in with her. She says, what's next? Continue drafting. Work up to longer writing sessions since Tiger, quote unquote, (laughs) has been taking longer morning naps. Aww. Aww. Oh, such a precious age. I like the way she spelled tiger, T-Y-G-E-R. Yeah, I love it. Well, that's how we spelled it. Remember, if you go back and watch April Fool's last year, that episode, everyone needs to tune into that one. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he's come up to me. He's almost a year old now. What? Wow. He's 10 months old. Wow. Or close. No, I guess not. It's been almost a year since that episode. I guess close. Wow. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, so um, five months. Oh, five months. Oh, five months. So I thought you were farther along when we did that. So okay. Oh man, if uh, mobile starting to get mobile though, boy, that's a whole different thing. Mm. Mm. So exciting. Yeah, I um, adorable at that age. I would like to share my what's next. I am editing my futuristic book, and I'm very. So very happy with it. I thought so interesting because I finished it in August of 2021. And I would like to think that it was going to be published. But I remember I had sent it off to the person who does my editing. And I know what would have happened. I know it would have come back from that person. And then I would have made all of the changes that I'm making right now. Because fact of the matter is, I still have not published my first novel and I'm still trying to figure out my process. And when I talk to you guys about um, things like taking the clay and putting it on and then 
finessing it. It's just more what I've discovered, how I personally do things. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because everybody's like, how many times do you do an edit? Or they'll ask me a question like that. I'm just like, I don't know. And so um, it's all still for me discovering how I work. And so it's a lot of the fun of it. But um, I have opened up my manuscript every day and read what I did the day before. And sometimes there's something I want to change from what I did the day before. But eventually I leave that piece behind and I move on to the next thing. And I really do not have any desire to start at chapter one and make any more fixes, (laughs) which is famous last words, because undoubtedly I will get it into the booth to try to do audio if I do, because right now I'm not motivated to do that. And then probably I will be like, oh, no, and change it then if I were to do that. But um, I don't really have any motivation to audio record it. And I want to say it's because I don't have a good setup for it, but I just... I don't know. Maybe I want someone else. Anyway, whatever. The point is, I am really excited because getting closer and closer to being able to get somebody else to be able to read this is just so exciting to me. So I'm very happy. 10 to 12 every day that I don't have my restaurant job. I am in the sprint room in our Facebook group. If you want to join me just for body doubling, we take 10 minute breaks to chit chat and get caught up and then we're productive for 20 minutes. So feel welcomed, even if you've never come before. Mm-hmm. Um, feel welcome to join us. What's next and, for you? And the oh. link for our Facebook group is in the show notes. Yay. All right. What's next for you, Miss Tina? Well, I'm getting towards the end and it's getting really exciting. And I have a lot of momentum going and I've been writing um, over 2000 words a day, which is a lot for me. Um, so I'm really happy with that. And um, it was really hard not to write that next scene in my mm-hmm. book to for today's sprint, but it was a spoiler. So I couldn't do it. Um, but I'm glad I didn't because like I had fun writing about sushi, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then- I, I just started physical therapy for my knee. So hopefully I can keep my momentum going and the, the added extra things on my very small plate. Um, doesn't throw me off. I think it's a good place to be hungry to write the next scene. That's got to feel really good to be excited to get back to your work. And I do that on purpose. I make myself stop the day before when I still have the the urge to keep writing so Mm. that I have something to start with the next day and it keeps me from getting stuck. Yeah, that's a really good strategy. Um, All right. Well, Catherine's congratulating me. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm so so jazzed. Um, okay. And, uh, I think that's it, right? Did we cover everything? I think we did. All right. Well then that concludes this episode of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. Until next time, may your pen be prolific. May your deadlines be met and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye now. Bye now.